Yo, what is up, guys? It's me, your host, Joey, aka Jay. And this is Jay Walking the Podcast. And if I'm not mistaken, this is like episode seven or something like that. Either way, just want to give a huge shout out to uh, all my audience members out there uh, really taking the time to uh, listen to me and my takes. Whether they be good takes or bad takes, I appreciate it um, for sure. So with that, going to get started and just say how the NBA is starting in less than a week, I think. Well, training camp, that is. And it really got my mind going as to a question that every NBA person comes across within this generation is LeBron being the GOAT. Now, I just want to say, first and foremost, I really did want to talk about like the Suns and everything, but I, just give me a week or so to just kind of digest what they got going on there. And plus, I, I'm thinking about it, and LeBron is, he's aging, you know? He is definitely aging. We're not going to have him forever, and kind of sucks because that is my favorite player, for sure. That is for sure my favorite player, and really the person who got me into basketball itself, you know? Uh, I remember watching a game really early on and just seeing him have a fast break fast break dunk and I was just kind of like in awe like I had never seen someone throw it down like that. Of course you come across the occasional someone's dunk in here and there but this was like with force and everything. 68 running full speed at you like a train. And I was like this guy is the coldest guy I've ever seen in my life. Now, before I get started with this, too, I also want to say I did not watch Jordan all that much. I did not watch Prime Jordan. I didn't get to see that uh, during my childhood. Uh, I only have film. And what the film is telling me is that he was incredible, too. Uh, let's not get it wrong. Uh, there's a reason why he's you know, in the GOAT. A conversation as well. This guy's out here literally gliding through air, uh, putting the team on his back when they really needed him, and really just is the picture uh, definition of what greatness truly is. If you have people like Kobe, uh, all adopt, you know, Kobe, LeBron, uh, Derek Rose, kind of all adopt this. Uh, mentality of uh doing everything and anything that it takes to win uh all deriving from michael jordan it speaks volumes to really the sort of legacy that he built i mean not to not to devalue it or anything uh but that's just how it goes if you have a long lasting impact in this world you're definitely known as uh, a influential icon 
Now, of course, he has his shoes and everything going on too. So let's not even start there. For sure, Michael Jordan beats out LeBron. LeBron probably has like three good uh, shoe models as opposed to uh, MJ having mm, probably like 14 of the most iconic silhouettes in sneaker history. So that's that's a different that's a different subject where Michael Jordan definitely beats LeBron out of the gate. But uh, no, in all seriousness, this is the statement that I'm going to make. I'm going to say LeBron James is the greatest player of all time, as it stands right now. If he adds another championship, he's for sure the greatest, without a doubt in my mind. There's there's some leeway. There's some leeway, but even just to me, he's the greatest player of all time. I say that because let's just get into stats. And I know what y'all are going to say. Six to three, six to three, six to three. All right, I get that. Okay, I get that. Championships are are team dynamic, and it does not help <laughs> that LeBron had some of the absolute shittiest teams I've ever seen go to the finals. He had no business going uh, when it was him against the Spurs, super young. He had no business going two years ago when it was the Cavs and the Warriors. You know, it's just those situations where you think to yourself, like, it, how? And especially with that Cavs team, like, two years ago, I, like, how in the world did someone even take their team to that peak? To me, he had to go through some of the toughest games ever to really reach that height. I mean... The East isn't that strong, but when you're literally one player going up against, uh, I remember he went against the Pacers that year. He obviously went against uh, Boston and, you know, wiped out Toronto. But they all had decent players, if not like pretty star worthy players on those teams. Uh, Victor Oladipo was good. They had a really good uh, cast on that team. Definitely did not rule them out. That sh- that series went to uh, seven games. Uh, don't rule that out. Uh, Toronto, even though he's had their number all the time, uh, they still had DeMar Rosen, uh, Pascal, Siakam. Of course, he wasn't that good, but he was still a really good defensive player. Oh, OG Ananobi, Kyle Lowry, really good guys, you know. Those are that's a solid foundation to have, and that's really how Kawhi took them over the top. Uh, then you go on to the Bucks, Gannis, Chris Middleton, um, Brogdon was on that team. You know, they they were good teams. They just didn't have what it, you know, really took to. Wait, he didn't face the Bucks. Sorry. I really do apologize. But either way, the East, uh, I guess my point is that the East wasn't trash. The only team that had an injured player was the Celtics, who he did face. My bad. Uh, another green team. But uh, Kyle, uh, Kyrie was out that series. But it was still Jason Tatum, uh, Jalen Brown, and those guys uh, putting that team on their back. They had eliminated the Bucks in that uh, playoff run. So LeBron's out there with... J.R. Smith, uh, bootleg Trey Songs. 
I forgot his name. He's that. He's that whack. Oh, and they had even picked up that uh, that forward from Utah. It's crazy, and he didn't show up either. Kevin Love, was he there or did he get injured? Uh, see, these questions to me are really concerning when I'm thinking of Tristan Thompson being possibly your second best player, maybe. I don't even know. It's so thrown up in the air that you're like, how in the world? No bench at all. Anytime he took a seat on the bench during that playoff run, uh, the other team would come back, and it's like, LeBron, you got to get your ass back out there. Nice. You know, that's that's a winning formula, and that's honestly why the Warriors uh, smacked him. But I look at rings and I look at context like that, and I think he deservingly lost to Dallas. That's for sure. Not going to debate that. He did not play a good series. There's no excuse to lose to Dallas in that series. But let's not build up this narrative like Michael Jordan went up against these insane, tough killer teams all right that's just really not the case okay uh lebron's out here facing three hall of famers at a time every single time he goes to the finals really if that's that's really the case with the spurs uh dallas even had jason kidd and dirk and you know dirk is gonna last forever that he was still in his prime it's sure he wasn't flashy but he was still shooting lights out um, he faced Kevin Durant, uh, Russell Westbrook, James Harden. Sure, they were young, but they were still balling. Took out the Lakers uh, when they were a really solidified team. Um, he played against the Warriors. I don't what was it like four times? Hall of Famers, Hall of Famers. It was not just two guys carrying the load. Those teams had three to four Hall of Famers at a time. While Michael Jordan is facing John Stockton, who is like a dentist on his spare time, Carl Malone, who is physical but couldn't really do anything else. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of insane. Uh, it really is to me how people uh, always want to devalue what LeBron has done. And meanwhile, they're like, uh, Jordan went up against these stacked teams. And I'm like, yeah, for sure. Magic Johnson, uh, what is that, 91? He was already kind of fading. Uh, obviously, he had to retire a few years after that. He took out Isaiah uh, from the East. And, you know, they were getting old too. Those were 80s teams. Those weren't 90s teams. They were all leaving their peaks. Supersonics he faced, but that was Gary Payne and Sean Kemp. Uh, I don't know. Don't know, man. The Suns, that was probably like the one solidified group, but still, that's that's a great player in Charles Barkley and just good role players, not someone who really stood out of the crowd. I don't know. I don't know. It's, in my eyes, I don't feel like those, if you're going to look at LeBron's rings a certain way, then you got to look at those a certain way. Okay, that's for sure. Uh, championships, of course, that's always going to be the biggest thing between the two. Uh, MVPs, Jordan beats out uh, LeBron. Jordan has this athleticism to him. 
not going to take it away, but will I, what I will say is that uh, some of those highlights you see nowadays, it's really crazy to uh, think that that was electrifying uh, to GOAT standards. Um, I don't know. I see, I see Zach Levine. I see Aaron Gordon come up with these crazy dunks or layups and yeah, better shooters. I don't know. The athleticism, I think he was just ahead of his time for sure. But as a whole, there's a bunch of guys who can do that in the league now. It's not like it's unheard of. It really isn't. Uh, he does beat him out defensively as well. Uh, let's just say he for sure has that over LeBron. LeBron never... Uh, took to the heights that he did after uh, after those Miami years. He just was not the same defensively. I think he knew that he needed to preserve his body and his offense just to keep teams afloat. Like, it didn't matter defensively if he had – if they had a good stretch. You know, with some of these teams, if you have – if you put down all your defensive effort on the Warriors, it does not matter. They're still going to score. They're still going to get buckets. So he beats him out defensively. Give him that uh, scoring leader. LeBron's never a scorer uh, like that, like how MJ was. Steals leader, of course. That's defense again. Both of them rookie of the years. But let's get really into it, okay? My thing with LeBron being the goat is you have to look at the game as a whole. MJ was good because he had the cast that would support his type of play. He had Scotty, he had Dennis, BJ Armstrong, Steve Kerr, dude with goggles. You know, I would really investigate and go into detail, but considering uh just the type of time frame I'm on, I'm not gonna do that. But what I will say is that he had really good role players. He had great Great players, uh, Hall of Famers and uh, Scotty Ann and Dennis Rodman. Uh, LeBron, Kyrie's story is yet to be built. Kevin Love, he's going to go down as a great role player, just never really went above those standards uh, once he got to Cleveland. Miami, that team was stacked, but I will say it was stacked with vets. After you have the big three, you have Shane Battier, Mario Chalmers, Udonis Haslam. Like, you have those guys, okay? Uh, and even at that, Chris Bosch was like a shell of what he was in Toronto. He was not uh, getting buckets and dominating the other teams like he was over there. It was really LeBron and Dwayne Wade for one season where he was healthy, and then after that, his knees just couldn't bear all of that. Yeah. Context. Context is key. And I just want to know what person... I just don't know what person is going to pick, you know... Let me see, 27.2 points... 7.4 rebounds, 7.2 assists with LeBron, and 
Then you have Jordan with the 30 points, 6.2 rebounds, and 5.3 assists. To me, I still I think that LeBron edges him out. He for sure edges him out. It's not even a debate. He's a better all-around talent. If points were the only thing that mattered, then go ahead, give him give him all the credit he deserves. But if you're looking at goats, the greatest of all time, you got to be capable of bringing it in in all different types of facets. And MJ just didn't do that. LeBron is still doing that. 34 years of age, and he's still balling. He came out of high school. That's my thing, too, is like he has more mileage on him and is still able to put up numbers. MJ, once the years got to him, mind you, he had two years off with baseball. So everyone's going to say, oh, he could have had those two rings. Cool. He didn't go and play. That should show you like he didn't even care about the game like that. Of course, he did it for his dad, everything that entails with it but seriously you're leaving at the peak uh and you want people to be like oh greatest of all time just out on his knees like he could care less he didn't provide that for you he went to baseball and then was like eh, i'm not gonna make majors so let me go back and do what i know i don't know man i don't know i feel like i've said that plenty of times because when you're having conversations with these mj heads you it, it does not matter what you say. It does not matter how you say it. You're just wrong. So now that I got the platform to really talk about this, this is this is just my viewpoint, okay? Just my viewpoint. So MJ, LeBron have a lot of context with them. LeBron's still doing it at age 34. MJ could not possibly handle uh, some of those things in the later years of his career. And with that, I just got to say that you got to look at some of these debates as a whole. <sighs> you can't just look at numbers. You can't just look at eye tests. You can't just have eye tests with it. You got to take both of those facets and you have to play the the situation, the context, everything that's going on around this time. He, and that's just another thing too. As Jordan was playing, the the game really was just a standstill. Uh, ISOs here and there. He was in a triangle offense. But the three-point line wasn't really relevant like that. And while LeBron is playing, he's been having to adapt his game since he came into the league. Uh, when he came in, it was that isolation ball as well. Uh, became more fast break driven as the years went on. And of course, as it stands now, it's the fast break and the three ball that is just king. That's how you win championships in this league. and. No one focuses on defense all that much anymore. You get a couple stops, and you can still be able to win the game, honestly. Jordan didn't have to go through change and adapt. Shoot, even Kobe, when he was in the league and three-point uh, three era was coming about, uh, he was not surviving. He was shooting really bad at the back end of his career. 
Um, of course, he was dealing with injury. But coming back, you just knew he wasn't that same player. You knew he just could not perform at the level that he wanted to. LeBron is capable of doing that. The one defining thing I will say about all this, some numbers, MJ beats him out. Some numbers, LeBron beats out MJ. Uh, Some context, LeBron wins. Some context, MJ wins. If LeBron is able to secure this ring or multiple with the Lakers, he will go down as the greatest of all time. Three rings, three different organizations, all having a dominant role within it. Because I don't want to hear no Robert Ory got seven and he's out here being a role player. No, this is for sure the team won because of you. Then, And especially in the later stages of his career, he gets my vote. With this debate, kind of know it was all over the place just looking at numbers and kind of championships, um, just situations all all like that. But with some of these numbers and everything that was presented, although not formally and in, in a right organized manner, then I hope that you gain a little bit of appreciation while watching LeBron. When he leaves, he's leaving a mark on this league and he is leaving as the greatest player of all time. So appreciate him and all that he does. What up, what up? This is Sneaker Section of Jay Walking the Podcast. And... I know we had that interview last week, which went really great, and can't thank uh, AZ Thread and all the guys over there uh, enough. Again, their store opening is going to be this Saturday, the 28th over there on Central and Camelback. Uh, they're going to have their uh, logo slapped onto the window, and you'll be able to spot it for sure. It's on the way heading over to... Uh, uh, what is that, Borgade or Xavier? Xavier, yeah, on the way to Xavier. Uh, also on the way to Undefeated if you're going that way. But uh, kind of with that whole retailing aspect, I really wanted to dive in and uh, kind of give my audience uh, a gist of what I kind of wear slash what I think is like really dope to wear for the fall. Uh, not really so much winter because that'll be another segment. We just got to focus in on fall. Fall is supposed to start. Uh, I think it literally started today, and it's pouring outside like crazy. So I just thought you you can't wear the same shoes. I mean, you kind of can, but it's it's a di- it's a different feel for sure. It's a different feel. Uh, as opposed to summertime, that's got these vibrant colors. Uh, you get your neons included in there, uh, pastels even. But coming into the fall, you get more so of a darker tone. More olives are incorporated in monotone colors. So why not give you guys the gist of what 
I'm looking to wear slash what I think you guys should look really into. So this is going to kind of be like a top five. There's kind of like an honorable mention at the end. But without further ado, let's get started. So coming in at number one, uh, no one's going to be surprised. I've just beaten this shoe down to a core. And I'm pretty sure if you've been listening to any of my previous episodes, you just know how much I love and cherish this shoe. It's the perfect shoe for all um, occasions. And it's got to be the Adidas Yeezy Boost 700. Uh, Certain colorways are really dope, but what I look for the most is the Wave Runner. The Wave Runner slaps. It hits different. They just had a restock not too long ago. Probably it's 7.3 restock, really. (laughs) It feels like that. But yeah, this shoe is perfect for summertime, uh, fall time, winter time, uh, you know, just every season, really. I don't know why I forgot to spring. Yeah, forgot to name out spring. Like, I didn't know. But, yeah, we don't really have a spring here in Arizona, just saying. It's either cold or hot. So, really, that's what you're dealing with here. But this is the perfect shoe for for those occasions. Uh, Sometimes you can wear that bulky dad uh, shoe outfit with those short shorts and really pull off kind of a vintage look. Or coming into this fall, you can really wear this shoe with any type of jean any type of uh, cargo pant, uh, working pants, it, it all works out and really does the job because you can have the shoe tapered to your ankle as far as the pants go, or you can have kind of these baggy pants look, you know what I mean? It's so versatile when it comes to fit with this shoe that I really just adore and cherish the Yeezy Boost 700 Wave Runner. And that's why it's number one. Coming in at number two, I really do need to get a second pair. Uh, it's just kind of hard in the valley to find uh, a good price slash the colorway that I want. It's, it's just so many things to it. But now that there's uh, six shoes in this collection, then it's really dope to see where this collab can keep going from here. And that's the Nike LD Waffle Sakai. Specifically for me, I'm looking at that white and the black colorway that just came out. Those are absurd. Those are so insane. I can't get over them. And I'm really looking to find a pair, size nine, nine and a half. If any of y'all got a hookup, let me know. Bless the boy. But the, right now, and I forgot to mention this. The Yeezy Wave Runner is kind of around that 300 uh 400 price mark. This is at the 5 600 minimum price mark really. It's 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 crazy to even think like uh just a couple months ago when those first colorways came out, people were kind of on the fence about them. They're like, "Ah, I'm not messing with this shoe. It looks whack. It looks weird. It's got that platform which is the double midsole." Everything's doubled up, double laces, double tongue, uh, heel counter, midsole, swooshes. People were on the fence, and now everyone loves them and wants to wear them all around. And I'm like, what the heck? I 
loved this shoe from the get-go, though. So it hurts my soul to see them at this price. But if you can get your hands on them, uh, whether you have the big baller brand money like that to be doing that, or you have a, you know, a trade in place where you can work things out, all dependent on the shoe, of course. But I would definitely look into doing it. I mean, it's not the most durable shoe. It is probably uh, the dopest shoe out of this, really. And the next name, you're going to be like, how? But really, it, it's just so many aspects in it. And those two colorways match with literally anything in your closet. Uh, easy shoe to throw on. You could throw it on with pants. You could throw it on with shorts. You're perfectly fine. I say that because uh, in the fall here in Arizona, like I said, it's either hot or it's really cold. And it's still kind of hot. But you can kind of get away with some things like you can wear like a long sleeve maybe here and there. or You can wear pants here and there like it wouldn't kill you. Now, if we're dead ass in the summer, then that's for sure going to kill you. Yeah, you're going to get a heat stroke and, and die. Not going to lie. But Nike Sakai LD Waffle. Remember that name? Remember that style? Look it up. Get your money up or get your trades up. Got to get that shit. Uh, number three, don't have an official word on it. I've heard October 10th. I was hearing September you know, 12th. Uh, I mean, obviously that's past, but it's there's been dates flying around. I'm pretty sure this October 12th one is going to be pretty true, though. I think someone had posted up a screenshot on... Uh, this kind of forum on Twitter with uh, Foot Locker having the Travis Scott's come out October 12th. So they're also coming out in kid sizes too. So hook up your babies, hook up your ladies, and get the Travis Scott Jordan 6. It, for any of you guys who don't have the uh, means of looking this up, which would kind of be weird because you got to have like a phone or you got to have a computer to listen to this podcast. But if, if you didn't and you're like, oh, my Wi-Fi is on, whatever. I don't know. Weird thing. But let me just give you a picture of this shoe, all right? Mm. So it's a Jordan 6. It's kind of like a high top, little bulkier shoe. Uh, those side panels. All right. Well, the shoe's olive. So already a plus in that fall. It's got red outlining. Pretty nice tones, pretty nice stitching with that. Black midsole with the little hints of, I think that's a glow-in-the-dark outsole with it. It's pretty insane. And to top it off, it's got these, pa these side panels on it that kind of unhitch. And I think it's so funny because it's literally what... Travis Scott like embodies, you know, he he wears these big cargo pants. So to see him and I'm pretty sure someone at Nike, I'm I'm not I'm not 100% on this. I'm just saying because I can't really view Travis Scott going in on the lab and saying, uh yeah, I want this shoe to look like this. He probably has some say so, but not 100%. But I'm pretty sure someone at Nike was like Travis Scott wears cargo pants. Let's make the Jordan 6 into an olive cargo pant. And it worked out. 
surprisingly like i i don't like the idea in in theory but it looks super dope it looks super dope you pull it off with black denim black cargo on cargo and that that'll be a fit for sure and if it falls under the fall colorways uh, you don't have to really worry about um getting your money back if you were to trade or if you were to sell the shoe later down the line if you weren't messing with it but this is definitely a shoe that I would keep my eyes on uh, when it does release because it's going to sell out. It's going to be high price on market. And if you're able to get your hands on it, it's going to be fit worthy. It's not going to be one of those things where it's like, uh, I don't know about this one. Because the, the, the Jordan 4 was sick to me, but it just didn't match with that much. It didn't match with that much, and you had to deal with that. You had to now. Don't get me wrong. If you're one of those people who like matching the shoes with an outfit, then props to you, because I really can't stand doing that. It gets on my nerves, and I really like when my shoes are able to go with anything in my closet. And I just see this shoe being one of those uh, down the line that you can just throw on and be like, "Oh, okay, you know, I'm wearing this and calling it a day." So that is number three. Number four, some of y'all are going to unfollow me right then and there. But let me just explain myself before I get into it. This is for anyone who's wanting to like, maybe you got church, maybe you got clubbing, crazy different aspects, but you still got to dress nice. Um, You got to, you got to invest in some boots. You got to invest in. I, I'm not a big fan of Tim's, uh, so I go on the Chelsea boot side, and you really cannot go wrong with a, a brown khaki, uh, you know, beige colorway of some Chelsea boots. Those literally are like the go-to fall shoe. Now, don't be one of those uh, guys on Instagram modeling with all these, just wear like a normal fit like you would. Uh, have them, you know, cuffed or tucked properly. Don't be out here trying to make a statement. Just keep it low-key with these shoes and you'll look fine. Because if you go all out, then you, you look mad goofy. I'm not going to lie. Just keep it plain. Keep it plain. Keep the, keep the attire nice. Don't go all out. It's one of those shoes where you throw on because your other parts of the fit are speaking volumes. Maybe your pants are a little bit more swaggy, or maybe your shirt is a little bit nicer. You know, it's one of those things where you gotta. This is the backseat driver. It's the you. You just gotta shut your mouth and and let the person do their thing. You know, what I mean, it's one of those things. You just gotta let it happen. It's life. Chelsea boots, though, uh, good for those interviews. Good for clubbing. Good for church. Good for uh, baby shower is good for, uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know what you got going on. Thanksgiving, not good for turkey ball. Can't, can't be playing football on these for sure. You will get your ankle slash foot, leg, everything all twisted. Don't be doing that. Uh, for sure though, it's one of those better attire fits. I feel like a lot of these, uh, kind of sneaker base or just shoe fashion places don't really incorporate that in 
of course, I love sneakers and everything that it entails, but there are some occasions where you really can't wear them. So this is a nice shoe. If anyone's looking to be like, oh, I want to look a little bit more fancy, go down to H&M, go down to uh, uh, Nordstrom. Now, those are different price variations. You're going to probably come across like a $30 one over at H&M as opposed to like 100 something over at Nordstrom minimum. So just take what you're you're capable of doing financially, and you'll be perfectly fine. I have both, and really, there's minor details that separate the two. You could still pull it off, though, for sure. So that's number four, because you got to have one of those shoes, you know. And then this is where number five, and everything kind of gets a little bit tricky. But here I am living my life to the best that I can. I don't know why I say it like that. I'm I'm low-key kind of tired, but I'm, I'm pushing through. Anyways, here we are, number five, with honorable mention as well. You have this, uh, the Air Max uh, 720 OBJ. I think that's a really dope shoe. I was kind of thinking about getting that shoe low-key because I had seen him pull it off with some olive cargos and a vintage tee, and it looked pretty dope. And you're looking at it under the re- under retail section on StockX, so you can find these below the $200 mark, and you'd be perfectly fine. It's a beige and gray shoe, literally perfect for uh, fall time. For short gang out there, you know, I'm one on my best days. Uh, haven't had too many of those, so I'm standing at a, you know, five foot ten. <laughs> now I'm just playing. I'm five foot seven, but uh, yeah, you get you get those, and you add a couple inches, and you're ready to dunk on someone for sure. Ready to catch a couple footballs, regardless of what you're doing in these. It's gonna go well with your fall fits. It's gonna be nice, uh, durable shoe. So keep that in mind and really don't don't look to go too, too far into all this nonsense of uh, crazy colors, crazy this. Just keep it real plain and simple with this. And I think the, the Air Max 720 OBJ, and mind you, it's that beige colorway, not the Easter, Easter egg colorway. Don't do that, please. That's, that's too much. But I do like the beige and gray colorway slaps and i'm kind of looking forward to maybe investing in it low-key just having one of those uh throw it on shoes and with that the honorable mentions are of course the jordan 3 black cement you can always come across those at a really great price whether you're here in the valley at some of these consignment shops or you find them on StockX. i've seen them under the retail thing as well um you can find those perfect go with anything and honestly they can last you for so long some of those shoes people be beaten until they're like a whole 10 years old and it's like they're still capable of providing that fit you know so that's that's an honorable mention and the second one is the skylon with fear god any of the colorways do, but I love that bone colorway that just came out it's it's falling under the same line as the Odell's really so the bone or the white colorway for this uh for the Skylon are insane 
man, they're so dope. And the Skylon really does not get the props that it deserves because it's, you know, it's, it's an older silhouette from Nike. But man, even some of the colorways you can find on Nike.com for under $100. Super nice, super dope. But that Fear of God one is really perfect for the fall. Uh, of course, he provides those colorways because that's kind of his specialty in providing uh, monotone, uh, silent colors really to his collections. And just having these shoes, you can crop them, you can have them with some saggy you know, pants or I don't know what you're doing with them, but they, they'll definitely look dope because I've seen him wear sweatpants or it was a nice cargo pant with them, you know, just tapered at the bottom. These shoes look insane. Uh, they're so beautiful on feet. It's crazy. I know that's a goofy word to say, but girls and guys pull this shoe off. And to me, I have the white colorway and that's my go-to shoe if I'm going out uh you know with friends because it provides that slick look while also not being so so expensive so uh, that one both of those are of course under the retail section over at StockX as well and that's just kind of my fall uh winter outlook uh as far as shoes are concerned so let me know what you guys think and uh uh, i like to see if you guys uh get any of these shoes uh, I know my boy Gilbert, shout out to him, if you're listening to this, he had said that he had gotten the uh, Reebok Club C's and, you know, he's been getting all these compliments and it just warms my heart and soul with that. I'm like, dang, I provided that. Now, of course, he didn't go for the colorway, but I, I did I did provide him with the silhouette. So shout out to him. Uh, he's hit me up and a few other people have said that they uh, really dig the whole back to school thing and have uh, looked into getting some of those shoes. So yeah, that was the sneaker section. Get your fall winter shoe game up. Yeah. So with that being said, this is the conclusion of the podcast and I can't thank you guys enough for all the love and support that I get uh, from doing what I love to do, which is talk my ass off. Um, but yeah, it's been kind of tough with school and everything. But like I said, now I'm kind of getting in the groove and really love what uh, the future has in place for me. Uh, looking to uh, kind of get in contact with more uh, AZ locals and what they got going on as far as fashion or any of that is concerned um i think it'd be really dope for the podcast and it'd be dope for me to kind of get that sort of insight as well and yeah i don't know man life is so crazy uh at the moment that this and everything that's going on with it just gives me a, a really great um perspective into what I should be thankful for uh, and it's definitely being able to do this and being healthy uh, my friends being healthy and being provided opportunities uh, career-wise or just life-wise you know 
just making the most of it. So thank y'all. And thank you for listening to this episode. Peace out. Later.